Let's jump in. 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to talk about this text for a bit. We're not going to have it up here. We want you to read it out of your Bible. 2 Corinthians 5. This is the first part leading up to chapter 6. It's 16 through 21 in 2 Corinthians 5. It says this. From now on, therefore, that is, now that we have been converted, we have been reborn and reclothed in Christ, Therefore, after that, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ even according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Paul is saying here that we no longer make superficial personal judgments based on external appearances. In other words, the terms have changed. The gospel is now about matters of the heart and not superficial externals. It's not about Jew and Gentile. It's not about male and female. It's not about Chucky Doke and South Green. It's about the inward work of Christ. So there are now two categories of people in the world, Paul says, in Christ or not in Christ. Look at uh, 5.12 for just a second. It it verifies this view that Paul is talking about this. Just a few verses back in verse 12, Paul says that his theological opponents here in 2 Corinthians, who think he's crazy, his opponents here in 2 Corinthians believed that the gospel that he was preaching was wrong. And yet, you know, he says, they are the ones who boast about outward appearance. So Paul is saying here, he's saying this gospel is not about the flesh, it's not about the outward appearance of change, but it's of heart from where all expression of the gospel comes when it's coming in integrity. It's huge for us today. He says, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, if they're in Christ, that, that, that new category of person, then that person is what he calls a new creation. He calls us new creatures. We were sinful rebels who are made into new beings by Christ's work. The old has passed away, he says. Behold, the new has come. He structures his words in a way here to show that this new order, this new way of life, say the entire purpose of your life has changed. As new creatures, we have a new mission. And we carry on this message and this mission of all things, all people being either in Christ or not in Christ. That's part of the gospel message. There are only two categories of people now, in Christ and not in Christ. So he's accomplished this reconciliation for us. And he's saying, you are called as people to carry on that message, to demonstrate that message. And here's the hard part. Here's the hard part, friends, about the Christian life. As if that's how we grow. And some of the hard part of the Christian life is understanding very clearly that it is only because He has accomplished salvation for us that we can confidently go out into the world and say, this is not my goodness. I'm well. But all the while, inside, for many of us, our hearts are still bucking the work of God in our lives. Our hearts still want to rebelliously shake our fists at God and say, 
time for actual inward spiritual change. We all know that inward change is much harder than outward. We all know the outward expression of change kinds of games we play. We all do these kinds of things. Older folks and younger folks. I'm going to be an equal opportunity jerk here today. How it went in my head. I saw someone mowing the lawn on a Sunday a couple weeks ago. And I thought to myself, as I'm looking in the rearview mirror at this guy on Sunday mowing the lawn, and I thought, I'll bet that guy's an atheist. <laughs> and, then, and then I laughed out loud to myself at how ridiculous people see an older person who's dressed up, and they will automatically think to themselves, that person's a fake. Young people do the same exact thing. They automatically judge someone based on superficial externals. Now, these are kind of silly examples. And frankly, I think we at FCC are very healthy about these kinds of things here. I think we're past those kinds of things. But here's where it is a problem. We give into this kind of superficial external judgment thing so much that we are distracted. We're distracted by this upside-down gospel so that our ability to be effective ministers of reconciliation is hindered. Remember what Paul was preaching here in verse 16. We just read this. He says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, the gospel is not about the flesh. It's not about the outward appearance of change. It is fundamentally about the more important internal change of heart from whence all outward expression of the gospel comes. So, this is also in your notes there, so demonstrating the gospel with integrity and with power must be an outward expression of the inward reality. It must be an outward expression of the inward reality of your love for Jesus and the precious truth that he alone can reconcile my relationship with God. So when we do anything good, it is because we love the truth that God objectively and totally removed the hostility that I had for God's goodness so much that we cannot help but come alongside with what God is doing to reconcile people to himself. In other words, all the ways that we outwardly express the truth of the gospel, our time, our talents, our money, our words, our behavior, all of it, all of it, all of our outward expressions of goodness that accord with the gospel come from a loving response to Jesus' work in our own lives. So if you love Jesus, you will show it. If you love Jesus, you will gladly give your money away. If you love Jesus, your home will be used as a hospitable place where you care for the needs of other people. If you love Jesus, you will read his words and you will treasure them in your heart. If you love Jesus, you will tell others about him. Your whole life will be his mission. Plain and simple, you will be a partner with God to bring people to, to himself. 
That's why it says in 6.1 that we work together with Him. We work with God in Christ. That word working together is synergy. Literally, it's the word synergy. It says, we appeal to you. This is Paul talking to the congregation there. He says, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, don't let this precious treasure of God's grace that you've received go to waste. Don't let the amazing truth that Christ has removed the enmity, the hostility between you and God go to waste. He's pleading with them, don't let your life go to waste. Don't let your bank account and your talent with an instrument, your love for teaching kids, your willingness to coordinate treats for your class, whatever it is, don't let those gifts go to waste. Use it for the kingdom. Because you love Jesus so much that you can't possibly hoard it to yourself. Part of what he says is, in closing here is, don't let it go to waste because now is the time. Now is the favorable time. There may not be a tomorrow chance to know the beautiful truth of Jesus' love for you. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to be people whose hearts are motivated by a love response to the work that you've accomplished for us. And Lord, we admit that we have often lived our lives in a way that is about seeking our own goodness, that is about selfishly hoarding the precious truth of the gospel to ourselves. So we ask for your spirit to move in us and to continue to shape us, that we would continue to mature into the people you've called us to be, people whose lives are on mission, that we would see our lives as part of the framework of the work that you're doing in the world, that your gospel going out and proclaimed to the nations would be our mission. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. If you're a baptized believer in Jesus Christ and you're looking for a church home, in just a second we're going to stand and we'd like to invite you to come forward and to place membership with us at First Christian Church. Or if you've never publicly proclaimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do so symbolized by the waters of baptism in joining this church, we would ask that you do that and come forward as we stand and as we sing.